This podcast is brought to you by Viking Capital, your best friend in swimming pool financing for over 20 years. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast. Today, I'm here with an incredibly talented pool designer and a rising star in luxury pools, definitely in my hometown of Sacramento. He's known as a top pool designer of luxury custom in-ground pools. Basically, if you're in Sacramento and you're thinking high-end, he's the guy. I'm here with Lance Arabia, Premier Pools and Spas in Sacramento. Pleasure to have you with us today on the show, Lance. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Joe. So, Lance, you know, I talk with a lot of designers and builders on this program, and I think maybe you're the perfect guy to talk luxury pools with. I've seen your portfolio, and it looks like, you know, this is your stock and trade. How'd you get started as a pool designer? And, you know, how long have you been in the industry? Uh, you know, I, I was fortunate to get started as a pool designer. I knew the owner of Premier Sacramento um, and prior to coming to work at, in the pool business and with Keith Harbeck, um, I was in a different type or form of sales. Um, I was selling actually health club memberships at the time and he would come into the club I worked out at and uh, where I worked at and I was running a sales team there as a sales manager. And he'd always whisper in my ear to come over and sell pools for him. And I never really took it too seriously. I did have a background growing up in construction. My grandfather was a building inspector. Uh, my other grandfather was a foreman for a large construction company, a commercial company. My dad owned a trust company. So I had a construction interest. I used to do landscaping in the summers um, as a summer job coming up through school, both maintenance and new installations. So um, always kind of had a little bit of exposure to landscaping and part of the outdoor um, environment. And then I did wind up going to school, just a couple years worth of uh, extracurricular school, uh, community college, and had a focus and thought that, man, I want to grow up and be an architect. So I took a bunch of uh, classes that were geared towards design and architecture and had an associate's degree and hopped into an internship after that that turned into a four-year stint at a, a local architecture firm where I was a draftsman, but I would have worked with architects and engineers on both residential and commercial uh, high density type housing or low income housing, different types of projects like that. So I had some design background, drafting background, construction background. I had skills that would translate well, but I just, I had no idea that they would translate well to the pool industry. And if Keith hadn't offered me the position um, and I think if my life circumstances hadn't changed, my wife and I had recently gotten married and I wanted to do something more professional um, than the field that I was in. Um, I don't know that I would have took the chance, but I wound up one day taking the chance. Um, my wife and I talked about it. We both wound up switching industries at the same time. And I said, yeah, Keith, let's do this. And we negotiated some details and I jumped in, but uh, very wet behind the ears. I knew nothing about swimming pools at the time. Well, you got chlorine in your blood now. I mean, you've been in it a while. How are you liking the pool industry? I mean, this is how, how many years you've been doing this? Uh, that was the end of 2012. So what is that? About nine years, 10 years, getting close. I think if yeah, I can so do math, a, um, you're, you're getting to be a vet now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like dog years. Each year is a little bit longer than a normal year. That's for sure. But, um, yeah, I am enjoying it to answer your question quite a bit. Um, I think a conversation I was having with, um, our owner just, um, uh, a few months back, it's just, I, I can't think of anything that fits me better. I really, really enjoy what I do. Um, it's kind of fulfilling and satisfying to feel like you found something you're going to do forever. It's whether it's, you know, premiere or anywhere I go, whatever life throws at me, I just feel like the pool industry is a, just a great fit for my personality. It's dynamic. Um, it's always different. It's always changing. It's creative. It's people. It's so many different things. And I love it. Yeah. Well, you're doing things to expand on your education too. I recently read that you're, uh, you're going into the Genesis program, right? Yeah, I have. I actually jumped into that this year. Um, 
was something that I had a curiosity with and I would you know, see posts and experts about Genesis, but I just didn't understand the education programs or the course tracks and kind of the end game there. But I, I finally, um, as I switched roles within our company a little bit this year, um, was talking to my owner about seeing the value in it for myself and also for our team. And so he was gracious enough to allocate a training budget. And that's been something that um, we've been able to invest in our entire team and something that I'm also investing in myself. I think it's just an, uh, an ability to get outside of my comfort zone, to become a better designer, to become a better builder, to focus on the, the aspects and the core principles that Genesis teaches as a swimming pool educator to try and be better, um, to raise my level of competence in the pool industry. Yeah, outstanding. I mean, uh, you know, here's a question you're going to probably get a lot from time to time, but in your definition, uh, now that you've been doing this for quite some time, what constitutes a luxury pool? Well, I mean, that's not a black and white answer because I think what's luxurious to one person uh, may not be to another. I think it has to be something that is very fulfilling to a client. Um, it brings a level of satisfaction, of elegance. It's something that they desire or something they're proud of. It's a combination of probably all of those things. Um, sometimes you would associate a luxury pool with something very high-end, very expensive, but that doesn't necessarily make it luxurious by my definition or standards. I think Everybody has different tastes and different styles. And if you can hit the nail on the head perfectly for that client and provide them exactly what they wanted and something they're so, so proud of and in love with, even if it's different than what my ingrained style says I would do at my house, then I think you have created a luxury pool for a client. Yeah. Sacramento is one of those kind of areas. It's like, uh, you know, you drive 20 minutes one way, you have houses, gorgeous homes looking overlooking the hills, and then you drive 20 minutes in another way. It's more modest and more middle income homes. I mean, as a pool designer, what do you do to cater to that luxury label and create a premium experience across the board for the consumer? I think it's part of the style that you um, intrinsically um, probably start to create as a, a designer. It's how you market yourself. It's what you post digitally and on social media and some of the traction that you generate. Um, it's people that you've worked with and clients or builders that kind of de desire or build or turn out a higher end product. And so you start to work with their clients that they're working with and you find yourself running in that group a little bit more. Um, interestingly enough, too, I find that our area right now is seeing, as many people know, such a huge influx of people from the coastal areas, the Bay Area and such, that you know, people are looking for a nicer, a more complete product, you know, a total environment, a higher end look. They're coming from equity strong positions and they're able to put you know, nicer backyards together or build luxury pools or nicer pools um, almost instantaneously. It's not a big financing conversation or I need to save up money for this type of project. So we're just kind of in a weird rhythm right now um, with COVID and all the other factors right now, the housing market and housing pricing, where we see people moving to our area and demanding a higher end, a more luxurious backyard and pool just based on their means. Sure. Coming into some of these backyards and these high-end homes and, you know, you hear the budgets involved with these projects. I mean, some of these pools cost more than your average house. When you first go about connecting with the homeowner and their vision, you know, how do you bridge that gap and connect with them on a high-end custom backyard? Well, you have to be confident in yourself. Um, they have to like you. You have to be likable. You have to be organized and energetic and enthusiastic. You have to be someone that, you know, follows through and delivers on what you say you're going to um, provide them. If it's, you know, a design that's, you know, is higher end and it needs to be something that's exciting. It can't be something that's redundant or 
you know, cut and paste. Um, you need to really take into account their needs, listen to them a lot, talk with them, get to know them as a client and what they, why they want to pool, why it's valuable to them, what that pool or that backyard is going to do for them and their family, how it's going to change or affect their life, and then tailor it to not only them, but the site also dictates certain um, conditions with the design and uh, be the most professional person in that experience or that process. That's one thing I always preach to other salespeople. Our industry as a whole, I think, does a very, very poor job of being professional, being on time, being organized, following through, getting back to people, giving them what we said we were going to give to them. And sometimes just being a professional person and, and just doing the very basics sets us apart in the pool industry. And that's something that I think we all can work on to kind of raise the level and competence of our industry and inspire more confidence in the consumer base that we are going to do a good job and we are who we say we are and we are going to follow through. So those are probably a few of the principles and things I try and keep in mind when I'm meeting anybody, no matter what the scale of the project is. Sure. I mean, good communication throughout the project and especially, you know, establishing that initial rapport with the customer is key. What are some of the design features that high-end homeowners look for in a luxury pool? I mean, you're on the cutting edge with the design trends. You know, what's hot right now with the high-end homeowners? Mm, definitely unique textures. Textures are big, um, you know, wooden decks around pools, large format tiles, um, color and texture is something that's very popular. People are looking for alternatives to the decking solution around pools. Fire and water always have a nice play off of each other. Those are very uh, popular on kind of higher end projects. Um, lighting is a big deal. Water features are always a big deal. Perimeter overflow spas, anything with weirs, vanishing edges, forward negative edges, basins, you know, water in motion. That's something that's usually pretty exciting to a customer. So that and then being able to incorporate existing elevations or create elevations in yards, whether they're positive or negative elevations, those create a lot of visual interest and create very unique spaces for a client. Yeah, I see that in some of these new designs that are coming out where you have like several different elevations going on. Some of them create like a seated area inside the pool, some above the pool where there's like a conversation pit or a different seating area going on that all ties the design together. With all of these different design features that homeowners usually request, you know, how do you establish a budget for what's important and what they should be looking at first? Well, if you've been in the pool industry, I think for just a couple of years, you start to get a sense of scale and cost. Um, it's always a little dangerous to ballpark a larger scale project, in my opinion, because there are so many factors and engineering and construction costs that you may not necessarily be thinking about at the moment when you're talking with the client, but to give them kind of a ballpark range of what is being discussed um, and, and to make sure that you're not setting them up for success or failure or disappointment, um, not, not qualifying people. That's one thing I always try and caution against. Um, I don't feel that it's my job to qualify people and have them fully just, I don't make them commit to a number. I don't want them to feel like I'm probing them to tell me how much money they want to spend, but I do want to give them a sense of what a project will cost based on what they're describing and give them a range and let them know as we fine tune that design and project and based on factors and decisions that they have to make that we can work a little bit up or down from there, but we're heading in that direction. Sure. Sure. With all that's going on with those rising prices, I mean, you know, how important is energy efficiency and chemical efficiency becoming in these higher end luxury pools? I mean, what are some of the mm -hmm. higher end options that you're recommending to these consumers? 
Well, I mean, as far as energy efficiency, I mean, the shift towards variable speed pumps, and now it becomes a state law with your circulation pump in California as of July. If it's a circulation pump, it has to be variable speed. But as a whole, especially on you know larger or more complex projects, there's a lot of value to variable speed pumps for multiple applications beyond circulation. So that certainly is the most energy efficient way that we can control water and also affect the flow or the performance of features on a swimming pool. And then as far as chemicals, to your question, I mean, the conversation for many, many years has always been chlorine versus salt. But now, you know, the last five years or so, we've really started getting into discussing the benefits, the pros uh, of ultraviolet or ozone or combining those technologies, uh, creating a healthier body of water, being less chlorine dependent, being able to combat and uh, address more aggressive types of bacteria in a pool those become, I think, more chemically efficient swimming pools and healthier bodies of water without necessarily the expense or the corrosive destructive properties of a salt system, which we tend to stay away from as a builder for uh, a few of the negative consequences that are associated with it. Sure. I mean, with chlorine tabs going way, way up, I mean, are you getting consumers that are asking a lot more questions about salt as as an alternative or ozone as an alternative? I have. I've actually had a question yesterday from a client we're getting ready to start a pool for in June. And he said, I've heard the rumor. He's a a pastor for a church. So it's he's looking at something from a totally different profession. But I've heard the rumor. Should I be stocking up on chlorine tabs? And my feedback to him was no. Um, There are other ways to add chlorine to a swimming pool beyond tablets. Um, And I, I understand the supply chains and the issues and everything that's going on. But I almost feel like, are we creating another toilet paper bubble here? It's, I I just, I don't want people going crazy and going out and hoarding tablets. So we will find ways as a pool industry to coronate swimming pools beyond a tablet shortage. For sure. I mean, I, I get this question a lot on the show, particularly with guys that have a heavy focus on design. Who are some of the inspirations that you look to in the pool industry as far as, you know, designers are concerned? Hmm. Um, I always pronounce his last name wrong, but you were referencing him in one of your uh, recent articles, Randy Angel, Kirk Bianchi. I think he's just awesome. Um, Jason Brownlee. I've enjoyed working with him actually, as we've been going through the Genesis programs, I used to follow him on social media and it was great to find out that he was one of the instructors. Um, There's a company in Southern California. I follow them on social media and I just find their design um, thought process really exciting and, and really eclectic. Um, Realm Design Studios, I think is how oh, it's yeah. pronounced. Um, they're just a really fantastic outside the box spaces. But um, you know, something like that that sometimes is a little bit more vibrant, something that's really elegant, like a, a Kirk Bianchi, um, something that is really uh, pronounced or has so many features or awesome 3D visuals with Jason Brownlee's work. There's there's so many people that I think are inspiring, um, whether it's pool designers or even other architects. Um, I always have been kind of a fan of Frank Gehry's work. Um, I love his style of architecture, very abstract. Um, so you can find influences that kind of speak to you or just get the creative juices flowing and then sit down and put pen to paper. Sure. I mean, that's definitely a great list of designers. I mean, there's not a single person there that you mentioned that wouldn't be on my top 10 list as far as designers are concerned. Randy Angel is fantastic. Kirk Bianchi is amazing. You know, these are, these are all top guys. Yeah, absolutely. What is your design process for showcasing these design concepts to the customer? I mean, are you using 3D, Oculus, AR? I mean, what, what's, your, uh, what's your process like? 
Yeah, so I do I do, do 3D. I work with Pool Studio, which I'm sure a lot of people, you know, in our industry, that's probably one of the more standard softwares and something that we make a requirement now for new people or new hires coming to join our team that are going to do designer cells. Um, I think that's definitely the direction our industry has gone. People are expecting to see a 3D visual nowadays when they're spending these kinds of dollars on projects. But yeah, certainly using Pool Studio, um, I've started to see the value in and I've done it with more of the, the larger scale or, or more luxurious pools I've been working on starting off with sketches or concepts just to kind of get the creative juices flowing and not have that writer's block when I sit down in front of the computer and I'm trying to create a really elaborate or cohesive space. I still, it's, I tell my guys, don't be like me. I still work off an older version of Pool Studio. I've been reluctant to upgrade because I've been just put it pumping out so much volume of work, but I feel myself falling behind because Pool Studio software is just really taking off with what it's capable of doing and how powerful it's becoming. So this is the year I keep telling myself, this is the year I'm going to get current with what Pool Studio has to offer, but definitely 3D all the way, being able to create images and presentation videos and just you know exciting content. Um, that's, I think, a big part of the emotional aspect of envisioning a backyard and then making that type of purchase when you're working with a client. Yeah, I mean, it definitely helps as a sales tool. But I mean, I can't imagine you guys are having much uh, difficulty making sales right now. I know Premiere is always pretty busy this time of year. But, uh, you know, be honest, what's the demand been like since COVID-19 started with the homeowners uh, looking to create their own staycation? Unprecedented. I think the word we've been using as a, a management ownership team and all of us realize it, it's just unprecedented. It, it's, it's 30 something plus years of being you know, a builder in the Sacramento and there's never been anything um, like this, even pre-recession. Just demand is so, so high because people are placing such a high priority on you know, being able to feel safe at home or create spaces that provide reprieve for them from, you know, the hecticness of life or create safe spaces for their family, the ability not to travel. It's a variety of factors. Um, you know, people moving here, like we discussed from, you know, higher end areas or more affluent areas. So all of those factors, I think, have combined into a perfect storm of, of demand for, you know, pools and outdoor living spaces and environments, places where you can get out and spread your wings a little bit in the backyard and create environments and resorts uh, for you and your family. Yeah. Every single person wants a pool these days. The market's never been mm -hmm. out of the luxury coolies particular. You know, uh, right. I do know one thing though, is Premier recently made a shift over to fiberglass. Is Sacramento going to get on that train or are you guys going to continue to stay the course and continue doing custom gunite pools? I think we're open to all those conversations. Um, I don't know in just the conversations we've had that we have a strong opinion that we feel strongly about going one direction or the other. Right now, we're so, so busy and we're, we're spread so thin. We feel like already that, you know, making that shift will require some effort and energy, um, potentially making that part of our business model, if it makes sense um, from a construction and a financial standpoint, I'm sure the owner of our company and uh, the rest of the management team would always be willing to have those conversations. I don't think any of them are narrow-minded or it's not a political decision for us one way or the other. There's no feelings involved. We just want to make sure that if we you know, add a, a new product line or jump into something that it makes sense for us, it makes sense for the customer, it makes sense for the employee. Those are you know, really the, the two groups of people that I think the owner and the management team is focused on. How do we protect our employees and our customers? And if, you know, adding fiberglass is aligned to what we do um, makes sense in the future, I certainly could see Premier doing that. Yeah, well, Premier is a big player in that luxury market. You're a straight shooter, Lance, so I appreciate you giving us an answer on that. I'm sure the pool industry as a whole is kind of interested in which way Sacramento is going to maneuver on that question. 
uh, you know, you're part of this kind of new wave of designers I've been watching lately. And I know you've done some like really truly over the top projects. And one that I wanted to talk to you about on kind of why I had you come on the show today is because I saw this project that was posted on uh, social media, had this really eye catching water shape and it kind of overlooks the Sacramento skyline. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. A project we just finished up in the Granite Bay area. Yeah. I've seen photos and videos of that one. And this thing is absolutely incredible. Can you tell us a little bit more about that project? Well, it's, it is a project that we are all quite proud of um, as a company. It, it took a lot of work and effort from everybody involved in these projects, you know, take more than just a designer um, to execute and pull off. But um, the, I was fortunate. I always say when I tell the story of that project to get connected with the gentleman I was working with, I can't think of his name right now. So it's, it's killing me. But I remember Jason Brownlee talking about this relationship that he had with an architect. Um, and I think that architect's actually joining the Genesis faculty as an instructor, from what I understood, he was part of their symposium that they recently had. But um, that play between pool designer Brownlee and his architect was critical. And I, I really felt that was important to getting this project off the ground. There's a, a gentleman by the name of Zach. Um, he's a developer with Sheba Development LLC, and he builds some extraordinary homes and home sites. And I was fortunate to get connected with him and we kind of interviewed each other a little bit. And then he wound up um, tasking me with a couple pool designs. One that uh, we're talking about right now, I started on. But prior to that, I had started working on a property that sits right below this house, which is a really exciting design. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to unveil a little bit later this year. But this design um, that you and I are discussing right now, after trying to work on the lower pool for a little bit, he said, let's move up to the upper pool. And um, I sat on that design for a little bit. I thought about it. I remember kind of sketching a, an abstract shape out uh, in my mind and then on a piece of paper and then sat down to draw, put together 3D renderings of that project. It's like you said, a beautiful, beautiful site, panoramic views from the Sierra Nevadas. It looks over um, the granite Loomis Bay Basin, which uh, is just a beautiful part of Sacramento. You can see the Sacramento skyline to the south over on the right-hand side. So it's really just a 180 degree panoramic view, but sat down, drew that pool sent it to Zach, who is the, again, the home builder and developer. He sent it to the client and the client said, we'll take it as is. Let's get numbers together. So it was really gratifying as a designer because a lot of times there's a process and revisions involved in designing. And to know that the client was thrilled with it and knocked it out of the park, so to speak, that's just a good feeling when you design something and you get that feedback. So um, that was kind of the, the setup or the lead into that project before we contracted and the construction process started. Yeah, I've seen the features on that pool. Those fireballs that are on it are absolutely incredible. Yeah, grand effects, like we were talking about, features that are popular. Fire and water, always popular. There's three grand effects, fire walks or fire bowls. And then even with our sunken fire pit area on that pool, we have a grand effects insert in there that's pumping out 400 plus thousand BTUs of heat. I mean, the, the performance of those grand effects features is pretty special. They are high-end products to put on a pool. Yeah, the customers are going to really enjoy that sunken fire pit area, let me tell you. Yeah, really the story of that pool in my mind is it's not gaudy with a ton of water features, sheer descents, scuppers, jets. There are a few bubblers around the perimeter of that sunken fire pit area you were just referencing. But other than that, it's the lines of the pool. It's clean, it's sleek, it's eclectic again. It just has a unique shape to it. And then it's it's water in motion, like we were talking about different levels, vanishing edges, perimeter overflows. You have a, 
infinity spa, a perimeter overflow spa that feeds into an upper basin that has floor returns and can be heated just like the spa to create, you know, a 18 inch deep uh, body of water that can be heated. If you want to sit and look out at the Sierra Nevadas in the winter on a ledge lounger, um, that spills over into the main pool and cascades down some steps via another weir or negative edge. And then the main pool with its large curved vanishing edge then leads your eye right out to that, uh, horizon that uh, Loomis Granite Bay Basin so you know you have multiple edges water moving everything has to be perfect it has to be level you want to use you know beautiful ornate materials to create just that silky finish from you know level to level of the different parts of the swimming pool and I think that's really the the power of that that project it's simplicity it's the lines and it's the ability to have water transition from different levels and, and, and amongst different bodies or spaces of the pool. Yeah, Sacramento is one of those really interesting places. I mean, it's got the perfect natural backdrop for just incredible architectural uh, achievements in terms of building these really ornate, elaborate custom pools. For, for you to really get a sense of what uh, Lance is talking about, you'll have to get on poolmagazine.com. We're going to be featuring that pool design probably for like the next week. If you want to take a look at uh, some of Lance Irby's other designs, Lance, uh, what's a good place to find you? Uh, Facebook, right? Facebook is really it. Yeah, I'm trying to, this is how um, inept I am with social media. I'm trying to figure out the world of Instagram, but um, I'm behind the times. I'm a, I'm a paper planner type of guy when it comes to my day calendar. So a little old school in the way I do things, but I've used Facebook over the years to start putting together some pools. I wish I would take more pictures of the content we were doing. And sometimes I kind of regret that, that we get so busy. There's other pools I'd love to photograph and get up and I'll try and do, but Facebook is uh, swimming pools or or wife and kids. It's a pretty safe site. So that's, that's one way to see some of these. That's a healthy lifestyle, man. I've seen all these pools that you've been posting over the years. I mean, you got an incredible body of work. So if anybody is interested in uh, getting a a luxury pool in the Sacramento area, you definitely want to tap Lance on the shoulder for that. Thank you so much for being with us today, Lance. We really appreciate you getting together to chat with us about luxury pools, man. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I enjoyed our conversation. Good to catch up. Thank you, Joe. That was Lance Irby of Premier Pools and Spas, one of the top designers in the Sacramento area. That's all the time we have today, but thanks so much for joining us. A big thank you to our sponsor, Viking Capital, who are helping homeowners' dreams of pool ownership come true. And make sure to join us for our next episode. We'll be talking with Paul Gardner of Reynolds Polymer, the folks behind the innovative acrylic see-through sky pool that has been all the rage on social media. We've collected a ton of questions for folks in the pool industry that want to know more about this innovative new pool project, and you won't want to miss it. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of Pool Magazine Podcast.